Two birds, two sisters, two daughters, and a lake. Chapter five, the logger's tale. Sit down now. See, we have arrived. The tree is just there. She pointed at the beech tree that looked like a guardian at the edge of the deeper forest, all arms and branches that seemed half human, half tree, as the girls sat together on an outcrop of flat-worn granite, like a tabletop, to hear the tale. She continued, looking at each of them in turn before telling the story. It was when they came back to tell your grandmother. She looked at the two younger girls with the similar eyes that glowed with knowing, and that open blue of light green and amber. We were about to have tea, and she invited them inside, for her homemade lemonade was known across the county. We two sisters were only small, and for once had stopped bickering to listen to these two bearded, coarse, and overgrown boys. Tell their tale with terrified faces and with a type of brevity that was without the emotion one would expect from a lesser sort of man. She turned briefly to look at the tree, and then back to the faces intent on her words, or rather the words of the men who had brought them to the place before they had known it. You see, ma'am, ladies. She changed her voice to a deeper, rougher tone, and they would have laughed had they not caught the seriousness of the glimmer in her eyes. We were over the lake, like spying out the land and looking for the best cuts for the next barn in the village when we saw it. She paused. I'll tell it from one man, she said. But both had shared the tale, so I knew, sure enough, it was real enough to believe. She carried on again, but first glanced at the tree. We saw it move first, like then the birds, then the shot of thunder, and then, well, we just cut and ran. Not before we had a second look, you see. The elder sister paused again, changed back into the present moment, sighed with the weight and light of memory, and commented, "I remember the men trembling, seeing two loggers fearful was a moment not to be forgotten. They were not fearful for their lives." Rather, they had been fearful of seeing and experiencing something that had been beyond their ken. She looked beyond us over our heads and across to the empty shadows of the still and silent lake. She continued, "We looked back, like, and saw a cloud of birds, a hundred of 'em or more, like an aze it was, all moving and a turning, like, and blue, as if the sky was shaken in pieces, and behind them was the tree." With open branches like arms, shooing them away as if they were chickens, and all the leaves like little flags in silver and in blue. We stopped. We saw them over our heads, shaking and turning, and then they flew high into the sun above Ear Lake. But it was the tree that stopped us. We turned back and saw like a door in the trunk open, like, and inside some it were gleamed and glittered all green and blue. We turned and went back to have a look. We dared not step too close, mind you. We could see the tree was alive, open like, and a split rank down the middle of the trunk, like a wound it was, as if the bark had been peeled back. We looked as close as we felt was right, and saw like an armor of green, blue, sparkling jewels, a thousand of them, all a glittering like stones. Them ambers you see that me wife likes on market, and then, all of a sudden, like it shut. Peeled over like an eyelid, kind of slowly blinked shut, like an eye over the lake, closed. 
She looked at the three women, her sister, her daughter, and her own daughter, all looking at her intently. The younger asked, Auntie Jo, will it open again? Can you do it? Are we allowed? Is that why you brought us here? Can we see? Sister, daughters, she said, look behind me again. Watch how the bluebird dances with her wings. They looked beyond her, and there, small and agile, the bluebird danced and swooped. Her wings open, the sky flickered, and shone like waves of light upon her wings. And the tree before her stood open.